You ever get really motivated to experience something new in your life? And then after a few days, weeks, months, it just slowly starts to fade away like a diet or a, a exercise program, reading more, a number of different things. Well, I can relate to you, but I've also learned a couple things along the way that I want to talk to you about today. So today it's about how to experience long lasting change. What's up, everybody? My name is Clint Zeller, and this is Rethink with Clint Zeller. And uh, man, if you are watching this online, or online, on YouTube, <laughs> do me a favor, click the subscribe button, like this video, leave a comment below. I would love to have a conversation with you. If you're listening to this on a podcast, on one of the platforms that I'm trying to figure out how to upload these things to, uh, leave me a good review, a good one, a good one. I'm emphasizing that. If it's bad, don't even waste your time. Don't even waste your time. But anyway, hey, this is uh, something that I'm real excited about today because we're talking about motivation or how to... It, it, we're going to talk about if motivation is really the thing that we should use in order to experience long-lasting long-lasting change. And I'm going to give you a spoiler. It is not. It is not. <laughs> because I've gotten motivated many times to do many different things. I've gotten motivated to work out more. I've gotten motivated to read more, eat better. I've gotten motivated to start a podcast or upload videos to YouTube, and I get real motivated for a while, but then after, then after a certain amount of time, it just slowly starts to fade away. And then it goes from three times a week to two times a week to once a week. I'm talking videos here, but the same could be uh, across the board, across the board. And the things that, that I want to talk about today is actually what is helping me step into this brand new area of, of podcast because if you follow if you if you have followed me for any amount of time you know that about a year ago my wife Laura and I did a podcast and w for whatever reasons I could give you excuses all day it just started to fall away but not this time not this time I'm sticking with this thing because of what I'm going to talk about today. And so you can apply what we're talking about today uh, for your own ministry, your own podcast, your own diet, your own exercise program. I think what we are going to talk about here is going to could help you if you apply it across the board in every single area of your life. All right. So. Let me see. I got to get my stuff set up here. Uh, in Scripture, the Apostle Paul, this is in Romans, he talks about change and how to have long-lasting change. And it's a verse that I have used for years. I've used this verse for years at our church. I was a director of a Bible college. I use this, this verse every, I've, I've used this thing so many times and it seems like ever so often, I just see a different side of it that I didn't notice before. 
Okay, so that's what we're going to uh, dive into right now. It's Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. This specific one I have pulled up here is in the New Living Translation, just because I like the way it's worded. So there you go. But it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me just switch over to the New King James. That's typically what I read from. It says right here, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if we want change, if we want transformation, how do we get there? By the renewing of your mind or going back to the New Living Translation. By changing the way you think. That's it. That's the answer. So thank you so much for... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, let's... Um, where are we at here? Romans. Uh, let's jump over here to the New King James Version because I like this renewing of your mind. Now, this word renew here, it's, it's in the Greek. It's the same word that we would get renovate, the word renovate from. And this kind of connects to what I talked about last in the last episode about your belief system and, and the BS is what I call it. Fixing your BS, fixing your belief system will cause you to experience real life change for really the long term. But it says, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to this world. Now, in context, I understand that there's a context here. And the Apostle Paul's talking about this world. He's talking about uh, the age of the law. The age of the law. But the principle behind it is the same. So he's telling the audience here, don't, don't fit into the systems of the law, but be transformed by changing the way you think, by renovating your mind. So you could say the same thing. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be wrapped up in the way in the, in the world system of doing things because sometimes the way that the world around you is operating, it's not going to help you. You're not going to experience real change because the world around us is not experiencing great amounts of change. The world around us is typically emotional, it's lazy, it's looking for shortcuts, it's, it's, I mean, one of the things that just drives me nuts is all these life hacks. We're, we're trying to get more out of doing less, but there is something to be said about the process involved, the work involved in change. I actually like it when things are a little bit harder. Because you, you learn some things in that process. So all these shortcuts, all this laziness, man, don't even start coming at me with that stuff. How you can lose weight by only working out for 15 minutes a week. Shut up with that. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> so let me see here. Uh, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The, re the renewing of your mind, the renovating of your mind. That means, think of, of renovating a house. When you renovate a house or, or, or a kitchen, 
the why are you renovating it? Because the things aren't working the way that they are supposed to work. So you get rid of all the old garbage that's not working anymore and and you you renovate, you replace it with new things. The problem is, especially now and I'll probably have an episode about this in the future, a lot of people in church a lot of Christians are, they're getting rid of old religious ways of doing things because they realize that maybe the things that I have been taught my whole life aren't necessary in order to be blessed by God, in order to be loved and accepted by God. I don't have to jump through these hoops anymore. And what they do is they get rid of all the old stuff. And that's fine. It's okay to deconstruct is what they're calling it. That's what the kids call it these days, deconstructing religion. But what's even more important is not just deconstructing, but reconstructing. Man, I'm about to, I can't get off on this because this episode will become this. But that that phrase, deconstructing religion, is is, I halfway agree with it. Yes, deconstruct, but if you're not replacing your old belief system with something new, you're just going to be standing in a pile of rubble and you're never going to really experience anything. Yeah, great. You're you're not under this bondage of religion anymore, but you're not experiencing life and life more abundantly. You're not stepping into any life of purpose. So what good is deconstructing if you're not reconstructing and replacing the old with the new? And that's what renovating your mind is. Yeah, get rid of an old way of thinking that hasn't been working. When you know that God's made you on purpose for a purpose, but for some reason, the things that you've always thought and done aren't causing that purpose to come to fruition. So, okay, rethink. Go back and and get rid of some old belief system. But then... Replace it with something. Re- replace it with something good. It, it reminds me, uh, man, I'll have to pull it up here. I'm not going to pull it up. I'm not going to pull it up because that's just going to take time away. And if you're watching this, you don't care about me scrolling through. But in Timothy, the Apostle Paul says to, uh, what's he say? You haven't, been, you haven't been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. He says these things. And I used to work in this phone center, a prayer line for this big ministry up in Colorado. And we had this guy call in all the time who battled fear. He battled fear and he said, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm speaking the truth over myself. I'm quoting this verse over my life and, and I'm not seeing any change. And uh, one, of the, one time he got the, the right person on the line. It wasn't me. <laughs> with somebody else, but they said, so what is this verse that you're, you're speaking over your life? And he said, I haven't been given a spirit of fear. I haven't been given a spirit of fear. I haven't been given a spirit of fear. He said, well, that's good, real good, but you're only quoting half that verse, my friend. What's the rest? He said, he looked it up. Oh, but I've been given a spirit of uh, power and, and love and sound mind. And, and the problem here was he had been saying what he didn't have, but he didn't start speaking the life that he's been given. And too many times what we do is we are, we're set free from the bondage of religion, but that's all we talk about. 
We never, we never talk about the new life. So yeah, you, you, you're not under this religion and, and these rules and these commands that, that you thought you had to follow in order to be loved and pleased and, or pleasing and accepted by God, but you're not saying what you do have, that you have been blessed with every, every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You are holy and blameless. You are accepted in the beloved. You have right now where you sit everything you need for life and godliness. And so we shouldn't be so focused on what we don't have, but we should focus on what we do. We don't focus on the old dead man that's gone, but we bring to life the new man, this new creation self that's already on the inside of us, and we start to release it. One translation of Romans 12 tube says you start to renew your mind and you will be changed from the inside out. We're not trying to get God to reach down with his big God hand and touch our lives. He already touched our lives a long, long time ago. He's already given us this stuff on the inside of us, and it's our job to change the way we think and release it into the world around us, into our body, into our world. That's when things start to change. So we, we start to learn these things. We start to say, man, God's given us so much and this life is available to us and we get real motivated and I'm going to start living this life. I'm tired of, a, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm tired of being broke. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being anxious. And we get real excited and real motivated, but then we go and, and, and life happens. So we show up to these these uh, uh, church service and we get real excited. We listen to uh, uh, Rethink with Clint Zeller and we get real motivated. <laughs> we read a book and we get real motivated. But what happens when the church service ends? What happens when the podcast is over? What happens when you're done with that book? What happens? The motivation might keep going for a little while, but then it starts to dwindle because we get busy and we get stressed out, and we have to go to work, and real life happens. So what do we do? Well, I heard a, a guy, he wasn't a Christian guy, it's David Goggins. If you are sensitive to bad language, just ignore that name, because he does not hold back. It, he's he's a Navy, ex-Navy SEAL. He's, uh, he's intense. And his language is intense. but he, And I'm going to clean up this quote that he says, but he says, motivation is crap. Motivation is crap. You need to be determined for the outcome. And I love that because motivation comes and goes. Motivation is connected to your emotions. But determination means I am going to see this thing, whatever it is, a diet, a, a, a workout plan, writing a book, starting a podcast, starting a business, starting a church. I'm going to see this. Th- I am determined to see this thing come to pass, not because I'm feeling good this day, but because I'm determined I'm sick and tired of living the life that I've always lived. And I'm tired of doing the things that I've always done and hoping for different results. I'm done with that. But I am determined to see change. I'm going to start something new and I'm going to stick with it this time. I've failed every other time. I've given up every other time and I'm done with that because now I'm not motivated. I'm determined. I'm determined to lose the weight. 
God. You know, I am a grace guy. I might not always sound like it. I might sound angry and mean and <laughs> all that stuff, but I'm a grace guy. I am all about the finished work of the cross and how God loves you despite what you've done. I don't care how bad you are. God loves you unconditionally. I'm all about that stuff. But there's got to be a point where we say, I am loved, I'm accepted, I'm equipped, I'm qualified, not because of my performance, but because of his. And now, what am I going to do with this information? Yeah, I'm loved. If your goal is to get God to love you, I have good news for you. It is finished. God loves you. Now, what are you going to do with that information? If your goal is trying to get God to bless you, I have good news for you. You already are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Now, what are you going to do with it? Most people do nothing. They just get real spiritual and they praise God for all the things that they've done and they never apply it. They never use it. That would be like me writing you a check for a million dollars and you say, man, this is awesome. Clint, you are just the best. You are the best. And I'd say, thanks, man. Thank you. <laughs> and you take that check and you go and you throw it in the glove box of your car and you never cash the check. You're in possession of life-changing money, but you just didn't cash the check. Well, by grace, you have been saved through faith. By grace, you have everything you'll ever need for uh, the, the life that God has, has a purpose for you. But by faith, you have to cash the check. By faith, you have to act on it. By faith, you have to say, I'm not just motivated, I am determined to change. We're not created to live carrying all this baggage and all this stress in our lives. We're not created to carry emotional baggage and we're we're not we're not created. I got to say this, this is something that I can't say at our church. But I, I got to be real with you. We're not created to be stressed, we're not created to be depressed, we're not created to be sick. We're not created to be overweight. We're not created to treat our bodies the way that we treat them. We're not created to treat our souls the way that we treat them. Sometimes we get so spiritual and we just praise God and we sing our songs and we're just memorizing scripture and, and all that stuff, but we're not being good stewards with the things that we've been given. And it starts up here. By renovating your mind. Because when your mind is renewed, when you change the way you think, it says... Let's put it up. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So it starts up here. When you change this, you'll start to discover God's will for your life. And then you'll start to act on it. Faith without works is dead means if you, it, I used to think that faith without works is dead meant that you have to work to prove your faith. So you should act like a good little Christian and that'll show that you have faith. But it actually means if you truly have faith, if you truly believe something, you're going, it's going to produce works in your life. It's going to cause you to move. So it starts here. 
when you understand that maybe all the aches and pains in your body are because you haven't taken care of your body, then you'll start to treat your body differently. But it starts up here. If you live in paycheck to paycheck and or worse, you got to get to a point and say, God wants me to prosper and be in good health up here. I'm going to start this even as your soul prospers in your mind. And then you'll start to act on it and you'll stop spending all your money at Starbucks and McDonald's. And you'll start to, to steward what you've been given. But, but many times we're not, when we think of stewarding things or being faithful in the little, we often, or for me anyway, I don't know about you, I used to think I need to steward my finances better if I expect things to work out in the future. I need to steward my home. If I ever want a nicer home, I need to take care of my current home. And there, the, yes, that is true. But I think we're skipping a step. We're skipping a step because, yeah, we're, we, we want to steward our money. We want to steward our, our possessions, our material things. But we can't skip stewarding our mind and being faithful with that the mind of Christ that you've been given. We can't, we got to steward our soul and we got to, to understand our emotions and realize that maybe I feel the way that I feel because I haven't taken time. I haven't been stewarding this soul that the Lord has given me. So it all starts with flipping that switch in your mind and saying enough is enough. I'm done living this life that I've always lived. I'm done copying the behavior and customs of this world. I'm, I'm a child of God. I am called to something greater. I'm called to live kingdom life on earth as it is in heaven. And the world is just dragging me down. So I got to see myself the way that God sees me. And I got to find that determination to finish what I start. That's it. That, and and when, you, when you flip the switch from motivation to, deter, to determination, when, that, it, when you just flip it over and say, I am determined to meet this goal. I am determined to start this business. I'm determined to be a more disciplined person. That's when things start to change. Because you're, you're going to wake up one morning and it's going to be, freezing cold outside, and your bed is going to feel real nice and cozy. And if you are motivated to run when it's nice out, but when it's cold out, you're not, you're never going to get anything done. But when you say, I'm determined to run a marathon, half marathon, a 5K, whatever, I'm determined to get this done. It doesn't matter how cozy your bed is. It doesn't matter how cold it is outside. It could be raining. It could be snowing. It could be sleeting, but you're going to get out in it because you know or that you are determined for the outcome and you're going to stop making excuses. This, this mentality has changed my life. It's changed my life. And I've started to see things unleashed in my life just by saying, I got to change it up here. I'm not motivated. I'm determined to see a change. And I promise you things will start to work out in your favor. All right? So that's all I have today. So do that. <laughs> do that. D tell yourself, I'm not hoping. I'm not motivated. 
I am determined, despite what I feel, to position myself to become a better person. And I'm telling you, things will start to turn around in your life. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. Again, click the subscribe button. If you haven't already, like this video, comment below, share it with your friends, your family, your enemies. Do all the things, leave us a review, and I will see you next time on Rethink.